Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. McDonald's.com.au AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. This is the Trade Exchange for another day. We are Thursday the 6th of October now. We've got six days remaining of the trade period. Riley Beveridge and Cal Toomey getting you through the next hour. G'day, Cal. G'day, Riley Beveridge. How are you? Great, thank you, mate. Plenty to discuss off the top today. Then we'll have Tom McConville and Brett Delidio from Max Sports Promotion coming in after 12.30, but plenty to discuss off the top. I want to start with the Jason Horn francis deal, which you've been all over since he broke the story on Sunday night that he'd requested a trade to Port Adelaide. Now, the mechanics of this deal are starting to play out, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And they got on the front foot, Port Adelaide, and said they'd be willing to offer pick eight and a future first as a starting point for uh, Jason Horn francis Clearly, on Monday, Brady Rawlings on Trade Radio mentioned that they'd want to see a bit more than that and having knocked yep. more more than that back in the past. So as we reported on afl.com.au on Wednesday night and in inside trading, a, th- a three-club proposal has been floated where uh, North would get pick two and that would come via West Coast. Yep. And West Coast would get those picks, pick eight in the future first, as well as other picks, my understanding, and also... Uh, then Port Adelaide would, would land Jason Horn francis and Junior Rioli, yep. who clearly is part of that package. And um, they traded back from pick 27 to 33 as as part of that deal that they did with a, a points swap on Tuesday, Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meant that their first pick after pick eight was pick 33. But yeah, there's a, there's a few other picks that I think would be involved within that. They're just the, the essentials and sort of what's been put out there in terms of, you know, this to that or two to eight and future first. The top the, line is the top line is mm-hmm. that that's the top line, but there's also as with all of these big deals, other picks that get thrown in there. So at this stage, that's in a holding pattern, but I do think that's one that with some work could get there. And there's different reasons for that from, from a, Port Adelaide perspective, clearly they're, they're willing to go and get this deal done. They, they want to get their man or their men in, yep. in Horn Francis and Rioli. West Coast has been very open to clubs about its um, its openness to, to trade pick two for multiple selections. And that's aside from Luke Jackson, who I think we all believe to be going to, to Fremantle. But even if he... Um, chose West Coast, they wouldn't want to offer up pick two slowly to, to do that, but they're open to splitting pick two. So how far back do you go and what do you want and what can you get? They've been open to having that conversation all the way through. And then the north part of it as well is, I'm not sure you can get much closer than than fair market value than, than pick two a year after a pick one. So um, obviously a year into his career, we, we, we see what Jason Horn francis can well be. Mm-hmm. He's played 17 games in his debut year. Pick two is a, an enticing pick, coupled with the fact you've got pick one. So that gives you, as a footy club, a lot of options as well. Um, and what they could do after that would be interesting as well, knowing that if you've got pick one and you've got pick two, that 
after that, you could see um, the Giants who have pick three, and the Giants have, have a stacked stacked draft hand, as we've been talking about a lot, and they improved that again yesterday. They've got, they've got pick three, they've got pick 12, they've got pick 15, they've got pick 19. Yep. They're a chance to have pick 18 as well for Tanner Bruin from the Cats. So then if North had pick one and pick two, could or would the Giants be keen to go up and get their man, whoever that is, yep. at pick one, if it's Aaron Cadman, if it's George Wardlaw, if it's Harry Sheasel, if it's Elijah Sardis, whoever it is who they really like and really want, would they be willing to pay the little bit extra for a, a pick later in the draft to do that? My opinion, they should. What would it leave the Kangas with? If they shifted back a couple? Yeah. So if two, they, two if three, it, and something else. Two, three, and um, if you're going to make that move, you'd want a, another first rounder back. Yeah. So could it be 18 or 19 or yeah. something like that? Yeah. So that is where uh, I think that the next strand of it, it could look. But obviously there's a lot to play out. And the first part of the deal isn't agreed upon yet. Still got a bit of a way to go before it is at that point where it um, is gone through. But uh, I, I feel like there's the bone, there's some bones of that deal that should have all parties looking at it. You mentioned the West Coast. Bones. Bones. <laughs> Let's make that clear. Bones. You mentioned uh, West Coast might be wanting a bit more and later on. Uh, it's my understanding they asked the question about whether or not Dan Houston would get involved in this deal and yeah. whether or not he'd be willing to move to the Eagles. Uh, I think that was quickly knocked on its head um, for two reasons. He signed a five-year contract extension in March, signed his future to Port Adelaide, and I, so I think there's no intent from him to get to West Coast. And I don't think there's any intent for, West, for Port Adelaide to trade him, given how important he is in that deal. So I'm not sure if players will be involved Ultimately, no, I think um, later picks, but I, the question's I, been asked. Interesting. Mm. And he, as you say, locked in for long term. And a part of that, yeah. that middle core, I think, that Port Adelaide has probably not lacked, but they've got such a, a bright young future. And also the, um, uh, the, the veterans who've been a part of that, that story for a long time now as well at the other end. So, and I think Dan Houston is right in that middle ground that they probably don't have as many mm. off when you, you're challenging and, and they'll be in t- intending to challenge again next year. So I think that that one, um, as I agree with you, been knocked on the head as, as you yeah. report. Uh, I, I don't think Port Adelaide are, um, are going to be wanting to move any players out. No, and exactly. Chris Davies has been very uh, much on the front foot about that as well, hasn't he? And that's why they're bringing two relatively established players into the football club because they want to challenge. I mean, it doesn't make sense if they're bringing two established players into the football club and then losing another as a result of it, if you know what I mean. So they're trying to challenge and they're doing everything they can to do that. The, the interesting other subplot to it is that you report on AFL.com.au earlier this week that Melbourne wanted a pick inside the first seven and a future first for <laughs> for Luke Jackson. And if this trade does go ahead and the bones of it, as we've mentioned, but at least West Coast would pick eight in the future first, which is very close to that. Now I'm not saying that's yeah. definitely going to happen, but it's interesting that it's just there. It is there. It is there. And, <laughs> it's very and, much a presence. And they're there. They've been there the whole way through, but mm. I think there is not going to be enough to, <laughs> to, to get Luke Jackson done. But yeah, that is the deal that's going to be fascinating because if it does include a third party, then it's all of a sudden a third party that another another party that Port Adelaide has to satisfy to get Horn Francis. Now, if you're them, yeah, I, 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 you've got two guys who want to come to your footy club and I'm, I'm confident that, that it will still go through, but, um, and clearly North, North's open to the conversation. Yeah. They clearly are. 
That's interesting. You just reported as well on AFL.com.au that we'll probably see a deal today involving the Gold Coast. Yeah, expecting Fremantle to secure a trade for Josh Corbett today. I think that one goes through for a future fourth-round pick. Um, as we reported on AFL.com.au earlier this week, the Dockers had initially hoped to tie Jeremy Sharp into these negotiations, but we had Craig Cameron on Trade Radio earlier this week, and he said that it would take an offer that was incredibly compelling for, for Gold Coast to part with Sharp, who's contracted, 20 years old, a wingman that's played a lot of footy over his first couple of years at the Suns. Um, so I think talks are just stalling somewhat there in regards to Sharp because I think Gold Coast do want uh, a high price for him. He's not part of the club's salary cap reallocation plans um, and they'd ideally like to retain him for 2023 where he's contracted. So they those talks rumble on, but they're going to get a deal done for Josh Corbett independent of that. Handy little pickup mm. for Fremantle for a future four, um, given the fact that he's played 33 games across four years, but Dominated at VFL level this year. I think he kicked 25 goals from 12 games at VFL level. 190 centimetre forward. Very fit. One of the fittest players at Gold Coast. So he can get up onto the wings. I don't know if that has an impact on Rory Lobb, given they're bringing in a forward. I, I doubt it. I think the the view is probably that he would be a Logue yeah. potential replacement. Yeah. Given Logue played spent a lot of forward, time forward yeah. throughout this year. He kicked 23 goals last year, Josh Corbett. Yeah, had a good season last year. And so was obviously joined the club via the one of the the more recent um, priority pick allocations. I guess you could call it the mm. the compensation um, assistance packages. Assistance packages from the AFL. So that was part of that uh, back in two thousand eighteen that they got first rights to him. Um, and Jeremy Sharp, yeah, given he's contracted, it's a different case, isn't it? And yep. you wonder how that's going to be tied up in. Um, what they have to give for Jeremy Sharp. Does that come included in terms of the Luke Jackson discussion as yeah. well? Uh, could that be tied up in there to, to eke their way another selection, maybe the way off Melbourne too? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next, what is it now, six days? Yeah, and the Gold Coast, I think, will we'll get some action done over the next 24 hours as well. We know that Isaac Rankin has been... Not largely done, but yeah. there's, there's been a, a, a central point to that um, deal for many weeks now, and that's mm-hmm. been pick five. And I think we'll be seeing a, a, a few selections swap hands at the back end potentially, um, just to to make sure that the Suns do get a little bit of an extra on top of pick five yeah. for their player. But the Crows too have have been pretty upfront, from what I understand it too, and and put pick five on the table. Um, yeah. And although there was some discussion around a future first pick being uh, an option for the Suns, it's it's all about getting into the pick five because I don't think if they weren't getting pick five that pick seven would have been as re- readily available from them as part of the Jack Bowes yes, yeah. discussion as well, which we expect to sort of play out as well over the next 24 to 48 hours to, to, to get that deal ticked off. Obviously, the AFL will, will be involved. The AFL is involved in every deal that, mm. that comes through and and gets ticked off, but clearly this is um, with the the salary reallocation that's occurring, and and what will need to go back um, that that'll be obviously uh, ticked off from the AFL point of view too. So plenty to work through for Gold Coast. Just speaking of clubs this morning, I get the sense that given the combines this weekend, it might take a bit of attention from clubs that they might want to get deals done today. So you might see a few drop 
this afternoon. So that'll be interesting to watch just to see how that plays out. This is the Trade Exchange for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions when it comes to water heating. Ask your plumber to install Ream. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Play the Monopoly game at Macca's for a one in four chance to bring home a win. Prizes like a barbecue galore premium barbecue pack, an ultimate Barco gardening kit, a Cliff Cinema soundbar, and more. Download the My Macca's app and play today. End 18th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who use the latest equipment, the right quality parts, and are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. At your local Repco Authorised Service Centre, you get all this plus the reassurance of a nationwide warranty that's backed by the biggest name in the business. For real peace of mind, try... AFL Trade Exchange for Ream. Install a Ream, Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. This is a trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. And in case you missed it, a busy morning for Gold Coast. They re-signed Levi Casbolt and Chris Burgess, while Josh Corbett is set for a trade to Fremantle. We're expecting that to get done by today. That'll be for a future fourth round pick. So a busy morning for the Suns. Cal, you wrote a story on afl.com.au this morning about Brisbane and the Bulldogs being at a little bit of an impasse for Josh Dunkley. Oh, I think impasse is a fair way to put it. Um, I don't see this one happening until Wednesday. Late. Late, if it does at all. Look, at the moment, uh, just the, the background to this is that the Western Bulldogs want two first-round picks for, mm-hmm. for Josh Dunkley. Now, until yesterday, the Lions did have two first-round picks. They had pick 15 and they had a future first-round pick as well. Now, that changed, but before that, the Lions had put forward pick 15 and a future first round pick for Dunkley, but but can he get back's pick 30, 39, a future third round pick as well? So it basically would have seen them split 15, which they ended up doing yesterday for more points and, and then get Dunkley as well, but also lose 15 and and the future first. So although the, the two first rounders have been tabled, it was also getting them a lot of picks back. So it was essentially the deal they did yesterday in a different form to, to get more points. So now that's gone. Pick 15's yep. not there. The Lions traded pick 15 for 21 and a swap with the Giants. And then they landed picks 25, 36, and 56 in the Tom Berry deal with the Gold Coast as well. Lions also received a future second round pick from the Giants, but traded it along with 46 to Gold Coast. So they stacked up on points yesterday, as you wrote in Inside Trading uh, on Wednesday. The move gave them nearly more, 900 more points. But what it's left them with is a situation where... Yeah. The Dogs want two first-round picks for Josh Dunkley, and they wanted the same two years ago. The view is that um, although out of contract this time, he's a much better player, one of the best, one of the best and fairest over the last week, and and had a terrific season. So it's it's fascinating to see where this one plays out from here. Tim Taranto's trade price for his move from the Giants to Richmond, which cost the Tigers twelve and nineteen, that's is pretty similar, I think, to what yeah. the level most would look at. Yep. Now, clearly, uh, the Lions 
if they get Dunkley, and even if they don't, we'll be pushing to be right up to be in the premiership race again next year. So that future first pick, adding the fact you're likely to get at least one, maybe two Gold Coast Academy players at this point who could receive first-round bids, the first-round pick is likely to be somewhere between 15, 16, and 20. So if it's a single first-round pick at this point, I don't think that's going to be enough to get it done. Will they come back and say he's a, a second-rounder this year but also a future first? I'm not sure that they do that at this point because they need the points and they've worked so hard to get the points. I think at this stage it's more likely than not, and this could change depending on what the offer is, but it's more likely than not that the Lions would keep pick 21 until draft night and then match or make a make a trade, execute a trade once a bid is made for Will Ashcroft. Essentially, though, it, what it's opened the door for is the preseason draft because we're, we're less than a week before yeah. uh, the deadline and clubs rarely do it. I'm not saying it's a certainty to happen, but it has opened the door for um, that conversation because other clubs are looking at it and saying, well, if, if Dunkley doesn't get done, then how far could he get in the preseason draft? And there's a lot of clubs there that I think would take him. There's not to mention the fact that Essendon and Port Adelaide yes. have picks before. Yeah. Have picks before. Um, obviously oh. Brisbane would and, and have the money to do it. And, and wanted him. And wanted him to begin with. Um, and of course, North Melbourne, we know how much money and, and salary cap space that club has has as well. So look, does it get to that point? I, I don't think it does at this stage, but with every day and with every minute, with every hour, I, there's there's more and more chance off that clearly. Yeah. But I'm, I'm interested to see how this one settles out because um, – yeah, I mean, the Bulldogs are going to be viewing themselves as being in contention next year as well, Yeah, as are Brisbane. And yeah, I think the Dogs will, will be pushing as they have been for those two first-round selections. Now, that's clearly a lot harder when Brisbane only has one. Is there a way they can get a second now back or? No. Yeah. Seems hard, doesn't it? Now, you can flirt around the edges and you can say, is, is 21 close enough to the first round? It might be in the end. It might be. But at this point, I can't see an agreement being reached right here, right now. So that is one that's going to be playing out over the next week, Is that the most intriguing one for you between now and next Wednesday's deadline? Yeah, it's the Dunkley deadlock. And I think that's real. (laughs) Yeah, I think when you look ahead to how it plays out, that one. I mean, contract status and the power of the contract is real in a lot of cases, and it's real in the case of Roy Lobb for yep. for a different way, but it's real in this case as well in that he's out of contract. But then you can't exactly put a price on his head if he went down the preseason route as well because mm. there's a lot of clubs in there that have the, the salary cap to do that and the interest in him as a player as well. So I, I'm interested to see where it gets. The dunk, Dunkley deadlock. I like it, Cal. You always come up with very creative names for these. That's a good one. I don't think it's that creative, that one. All right. Well, you missed it. If you missed it yesterday, Cal, you reported about Lockie Whitfield and Nick Haynes and their potential to be raised as potential trade options. If you missed Jimmy Bartel speaking on Sports Day last night about the Giants and their situation, here's what he had to say. Yeah, look, I understand people making those conclusions. Of course, uh, the Hopper deal, as you mentioned, if he goes in free agency, well, the compensation pick will be pretty good as well. So... That's always that'll be next year. Yeah, though. next year. Yeah, and he's still a very good player for for next year for the Giants. You yeah. know, if he's playing there, so there's a lot of moving part parts in this. Of course, you know, 
whether what Richmond's offering will satisfy, you know, Jace McCartney, the, the list and footy manager there, and also Adam Kingsley would want to have a say too now that he's rolling the sleeves up as senior coach. So I, I think a lot of people think, well, if, you know, the hypothetical game we do until uh, the deal gets done, if uh, Hopper deal doesn't come off or satisfy what Jace McCartney and Adam Kingsley wants, what else could be done? So that was Jimmy Bartel, Giants football director. Mm. Interesting. I, I don't think it sh- shot down the no. the suggestion that we put forward yesterday and, and that um, clubs are thinking about having those discussions. Now, getting from A to B to actually making anything happen, that can sometimes be a whole other point. But the Richmond trade with Jacob Hopper hasn't got any further. And within that, we know the Giants are, are using this moment to clear the decks from a salary cap point of view. So... If I am a club with, with salary cap space, I'd be making the phone calls and checking it out yeah, where it lay. 100%. Um, Lockie Whitfield's settled in Sydney, happy in Sydney. He's got five years to on his contract, but you never know until you ask. And um, like we, we suggested yesterday, I think the, the conversation would be had. It's going to be interesting. Whether that led to anything. That. Yeah, that's, the, that's what, the question. And what they would want in return. And is it a salary cap discussion? Is it a pick in return? Has, you know, the Jack Bowes... Pick seven inflated the, the salary dump market, all of that. But it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. What, I don't want to say what has more, um, what, like lying on it at the moment or laying on it at the moment, but what what deal do you reckon is more complex to get through? This one or the, the Jacob Hopper t- one taking him to Richmond or the, 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 the Dunkley one taking him to Brisbane? No, I think Dunkley in Brisbane has yep. a lot more um, edges to it. Yeah. Hopper's contracted, so that adds a different sort of dynamic to it because and again, that's the power of the contract. They've got an element of power to, to hold him if they had to. Yep. But also clubs are recognising and, and the Giants have been open about it as well as saying this as a, a steering the, the, the salary cap ship year for them. So I think it's, yeah, the, the Dunkley one has more lengths to go than what the, yep. the Richmond and Hopper one does because Richmond and Hopper clearly have a starting point and that's... Um, you know, pick 31, a future first round pick and and just working out what that extra could be. Mm. It's going to be intriguing to see how they play out over the next six days or so. Cal, plenty of news in the first half hour. We'll get to plenty more in the second half an hour. We're about to be joined by Tom McConville and Brett Deledio of Max Sports Promotions. That'll be after the break. This is the Trade Exchange. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. Book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Too juicy. Visit mcdonalds.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This is Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres. This trade period, we are joined by Tom McConville and Brett Deledio of Max Sports Promotions now. G'day, boys. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Plenty to get through over the next sort of couple of days for you, starting with Ollie Henry. How are negotiations progressing there between Collingwood and Geelong? Yeah, they're moving in the right direction, mate. They're, um, yeah, Righty and, and Mackie, Andrew Mackie are... In discussions and um, yeah, we're pretty hopeful something gets done and um, yeah, 
there's a long way to go now before the end of the trade period. There's still a week to go, isn't there? Like six just days, six yeah. days to go. So there's a bit to play out. So we're yeah, pretty hopeful it gets done. Take us through the decision for him and to make that call. Yeah, look, he's uh, he's a Geelong boy, as we all know. He's got super, you know, close ties to his his family and, and his tight support network down there. And obviously, his brother playing at Geelong is is a big draw for him as well. Um, and it, yeah, it's it, it's more you know, nothing on the pies. The pies, you know, didn't do anything wrong or anything like that. It's more about Ollie get the most out of himself in, in the right environment. And, um, yeah, he feels that going back to Geelong, he'll be able to do that. When did he come to that call? Because we also have on grand final day, which is obviously a great day for him and his family, I'm mm. sure, and amongst the, with the Cats boys. But at, before then, had he figured out where it sat for him? Yeah, we didn't have a concrete answer really until after the grand final. He was sort of sitting on it for, for a fair bit and um, understood he didn't need to make that call. And, and once the Cats were in the granny, he probably just wanted to let Jack have his moment and, let the cats, you know, do their thing. But yeah, probably the, the week after we sat down with him and had pretty strong conversations and say, mate, look, we need to come to a decision and, and we need to get moving on it. So yeah, it was probably a few days after that, to be honest. How close is you with Jack? Mate, they're super close. Their family yeah. is um, yeah, super tight. Um, got a brother, Tom, as well, who they're all, yeah, every time you go down there, you, you pop in their house for a feed and, and the whole gang's there. <laughs> and it's, it's a really tight-knit family, mate. They are, they're super close. Um, so yeah, and you see, you see the Guthrie boys and what they're able to do. Yep. And, you know, you see the Dacos boys, obviously the, the brotherhood there. And, um, I think that'd be good for him. Has he found it difficult living away from them? Yeah, look, he, he is a country boy at heart, you know, and, um, he's, he's had his two years here in the big smoke. Um, yeah. And look, it's, he it, it feels an environment, you know, long-term for, for Ollie, it's better to be sort of back home and, and back in that, you know, um, comfortable environment for him. So yeah, I guess he, he's, he's, um, looking forward to getting back. And last one on him before we move on to some of your other boys in play at the moment, a deal. And, that, and that's the, that's the, the big question, how this one gets done, because clearly he was a first round pick two years ago and, and mm. played some really good footy this year as well. Kicked 20 plus goals and 15 games and, and was exciting at stages. I'm sure the Magpies are eyeing a first round pick. Do, do you know where that one sits and, and how that one's going to play out? Yeah, look, I'm not sure where that's at at the moment and, and where it's going to land. But um, as you said, he was a first round pick two years ago and he showed a fair bit. Um, and look, we want we want the best outcome for everyone involved here. As I said, there's no bad blood or anything like that. It hasn't left on poor terms. He was at the BNF and that was all fine. He, he loves all the boys and and all that. So we're really confident that we'll get a, a good outcome for both parties. And that's what we're striving to do. You got another boy at Collingwood's uncontracted in Caleb Poulter. Yep. Where are things at with him right now? Yeah, it's an interesting um, position for Poulter to be in at the moment. Obviously it's not ideal to get to this stage of the year and not sort of have a contract there for you. Um, you know, Collingwood are doing a lot, it seems, um, trying to bring a few people in and, and move a few things. So um, he's in that position where, look, I, I think, um, he showed a lot in his first year, obviously played, I think 12 games in his first year and probably found it a bit hard this year behind Sidebottom and Dacos and a few other, you know, really top notch wingmen at, at Collingwood. So, um, yeah, we're, we're just waiting on that one and, um, our priorities to have him playing league footy next year. So whether that's, at, that's at the pies or, um, wherever, um, yeah, that he's hell bent on, on being on the list. So. Is- has he had much interest from, from elsewhere? Um, look, we've had a few conversations with a few people. Um, it's probably nothing too concrete at this stage. Obviously, there's a lot to play out. Um, so, yeah, we're sort of waiting by the phone and seeing what comes of it. I'd heat off you for a second, Tom. Oh, look out. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, thanks for coming in. You look after Adam Tomlinson, who's got two years to go on his deal at Melbourne, but 
from what we understand, open to an opportunity if it, yep. if it came up. And we had Tim Lamb, the, the Melbourne List boss, on the show earlier this week, and, and he was in the same view. Where does it sit with Tomo? Oh, at the moment, we're sort of uh, in the hands of Timmy Lamb and, and the Dees. Um, being able just to get something uh, and another club, you know, to participate, I suppose. But for Tomo, look, he's a contracted player um, and loves the boys, loves the club, but is frustrated that he's not playing senior footy. So, you know, you can you can understand that, you know, obviously he's unfortunate with his injury and mm. um, spent 12 months on the sideline. You know, sometimes, you know, a knee reco can take a little while to get back up to playing your best footy. Played some solid footy this year, one of the best in their VFL um, in the in the flag that they won. But you know, Tomo wants to be playing senior footy at the at the age that he is. But um, look, if someone comes, we'll we'll entertain and have a look at it and see whether it works best for both parties. But essentially, um, you know, he's contracted and you know happy to stay there if nothing comes about. Has he had many knocks yet? Obviously, this is we speak about the key defender conveyor belt. Like yeah. it's almost the new ruck merry go round. Around There's a lot, isn't there? There is, and and they're valuable and and. Clubs want to lock them in and, and keep them as well if they can. But as you say, um, been third or fourth in line, given a couple of all Australians are in yeah. there, in that Melbourne back line as well. Has he had many knocks from other clubs yet in terms of how he's going and how the body is and, and just an update on that? Yeah, well, there's a few that are watching the space in terms of what they can, what else they can get done as well and yep. where, where the cards fall. So it's, um, well, we've obviously seen Griffin Lowe go to North Melbourne, uh, Cordy go to the Saints. You know, of late, there's a couple of key backs, you know, so... Mm. Whether or not those two clubs are still looking to um, bolster their back line, obviously he comes with you know um, pretty solid play that can uh, do his do his job. But he also got some great IP as well in terms of you know what he's learned over the Melbourne um, couple of years where they've been really sound and, and great under Troy Chaplin and Goodwin there at Melbourne. So yeah, mate, look, it's um, I feel for him because he's he, you know you work incredibly hard to be at the front of every um, training session in terms of the work that he'll put in, but. Unfortunately, he's behind a couple of pretty handy players there at uh, at the D's. So, mate, but you, in the same breath, you also know that things can change really quickly, as it did for Tomo. You know, yep. playing lockdown as a fullback, starting um, t- twenty two, to struggling to find his way back in. A player who recently signed a two year deal was Cam Zerha. Talk us through those negotiations because clearly it played out across yep. the year, and he, he wanted to wait and see how things were tracking at North Melbourne. Can you put us inside how that one played out? Well, it's interesting, mate. It's been my first uh, real negotiation yeah. that I was a part How'd you of. Enjoy it. Have um, you got more respect for your old your old managers now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I certainly do. Mac, Mac is a genius, mate. He knows exactly <laughs> what's going on and how to play it. And well, oh, you know, I'm very much a on the front foot sort of person, you know. But he's just like, what? Well, just pump the brakes a bit, young fella. You just got to let things play out. And it, it was good though because we um, look. Obviously, North Melbourne weren't going great throughout the year, and they uh, didn't get the wins that they were hoping for. And then the uncertainty of David Noble and what was going on there. So. You know, committing to not having a coach was, um, you know, something that you know Cam just wanted to see what was going on. So that that was um, pretty pretty straightforward. But um, who would have thought that this is where we'd be with uh, what's going on with with Clarko and everything now? But ultimately, mate, he got a lot of great mates there at uh, at North Melbourne, and um, you know, signed on for another two years and and committed to you know seeing where that takes him after that. But um, yeah, look, I think um, he, he just needs to get himself fit and ready to go and come out and, and hopefully uh, dominate for him next year. Well, there was a, a lot of rival interest in his signature as well, potentially, if he did choose to depart the club. How did he weigh up all those decisions throughout the year? Um, well, there wasn't a whole lot um, that we went through, to be honest, Riley. We um, we met with just one other club and, um, you know, eventually... You know, that, that the Bombers? Yeah, fell on... Uh, <laughs> you didn't want to get out of the pot into the fire sort of thing uh, at the time, but... He, uh, yeah, he's yeah very very comfortable now at North Melbourne, and 
Um, happy that he's staying there with his mates and looking to help build the culture and everything there. In terms, of, you know, really wants to step up in terms of his leadership as well. So, you know, that's a challenge for Cam to um, take a hold of it and and drive the club forward. We'll get to some of your draftees and your own personal journeys into the management space after the break, but. I want to ask about a few of your more senior boys that you've got. Obviously, Levi Casbolt signs a, a one-year deal this morning to extend his career into a 14th season. I mean, how proud of you of him are you in the fact that he's managed to sort of reinvigorate his career at the Suns? Mate, he's been awesome since going up north. There's something about that weather. I think it limbers <laughs> you up a little bit and can get you a few more years. Leads maybe... Should have oh, I should have gone to the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, not sure that's good for calves, but I would have tried it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, no, nah, mate, super pumped. And he's he's played a pivotal role this year, really, hasn't he? Like, he's he's come in and, and probably over uh, exceeded expectations, really. So, um, he was wa- rewarded with another year. And, um, yeah, hopefully he can he can go again and his body can hold up. But he, he said he, his body's feeling really good. Another great story for this week was Peter Wright winning the best and fairest. Now, 2020 trade period, he... he Upton left the Suns. They were open to, to moving him at that point, and he might have still been contracted as well at the time, from yep. memory. Yeah. Um, what a career oh, he's mate. had so far at the Bombers to kick fifty plus goals and, and win the best and fairest. How good's that? Like he's yeah to to come from you know that what was he trade fourth round future fourth round pick or something mm. like that, and um, to go into a new environment, really thrive and and be the spearhead spearhead in that forward line. Um, massive hats off to him and. Yeah, it's it's funny. We we had Jack Crisp as well when he's back to back best and fairest this year. You know, another guy move environments, really thrive in a new sort of space. And yeah, we're pumped that both those boys have had the years they've had. And um, well, Pete's what is he twenty six now? So he's yeah. really coming into, into his, his prime. prime. Yeah, um, looking forward to seeing what he can do going forward. Going to be good to watch him over the next few years at the Bombers. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back more with Tom and Brett after this. This is the trade exchange. Thanks to Repco. Authorised service for expert car service. Book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Hit the road with a one in four chance to win with the Monopoly game at Macca's. Win prizes like a year of free Wilson parking, a new Volkswagen Polo GTI with five-year care plan, and more. Download the MyMackers app and play today. And 18th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. Visit mcdonalds.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This is Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. If you missed it, paperwork's been lodged now officially, as we reported on AFL.com.au earlier today. Gold Coast Suns have traded a future, well, got a future fourth-round selection from Fremantle for Josh Corbett, who makes his way to the Dockers. We are with Tom McConville and Brett Deledio from Max Sports Promotions. Guys, I might ask you about a few of your, your draftees now. We'll start with Harry Barnett. Uh, Probably the number one ruck prospect in the draft this year, do you reckon? Yeah. Well, he's he was the All-Australian ruckman, so he's he's had a really good year, Barney. Um, you know, we we watch him really closely, obviously, every week. And um, he's played senior footy at West Adelaide and, and looked, you know, really competent there as well. Um, he's, he's that Brody Grundy style of ruckman, yep. isn't he? He can yep. get around the ground. He's got good skills, marks it. Um, yeah. Doesn't uh, lack confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't lack confidence. I mean, yeah, like the first time we met him, he... Told me, I don't know whether you listen to Dylan Friends, but Dylan's got a, ma- a big story about uh, taking me to the goal square, and that's what he's claimed to fame. 
He brought that up in our meeting. Oh, really? I just want to know, what was it like when Dill took you to the square? I was like, right, Tom, that's it. We're not talking to this kid. You need a bit of swagger. Oh, mate, absolutely. And you don't tell him to, you don't try and knock it on the head. You say, mate, as long as you're respectful, I appreciate that as well. But What's your read on where clubs view him, as we were just talking about in the break? Like, the best ruckman is one thing. The clubs that might look for a ruckman can be another sometimes in terms of the draft. And we've seen that over the years. Brody Grundy was pick 18 in 2012 and... 2016, you know, Tim English was pick 19 or whatever it was and should have been higher. So uh, it's an interesting aspect of it. Yeah, all. It's, hard, it's hard to know. I, I learnt that last year and that uh, clubs ask us, oh, where's, where's he sit? And you start to give out these numbers and you look like a fool because it, obviously they're, they're the ones that have got to do the picking. So it's like, well, you tell me, mate, where, where does he fit? But ultimately I think it's where uh, if a club um, doesn't want to miss him and they really need a ruckman, yep. then uh, they'll have to use an earlier one on him. But it, it's hard to know. Like it's... Um, yeah, but I think around you know late first round, early second to mid second, you know, could be anywhere in that range. I've loved the form of Harvey Gallagher in the second half of the season. Yeah. Missed out last year, missed out mid season, and now could be on the verge of being a second round pick. Yeah, such was his performances late in the year. Tell us about his story, mate. He's uh, he's really fought his way back, hasn't he? You know, he, he had a he had a bad couple of years just with injury and um, consistency. Yeah, yeah, consistency. COVID, you know, stuffed him around a bit as well, and. Um, you know, even halfway through this year, he was, he was, he was going well, but you know, he wasn't doing what he was at the back half of the year. Mm. I feel like when he went down back, he's such a clever player, knows how to read the footy coming in and, and be attacking. Um, and it, and that move to half back has really elevated him. And, um, as you said, mate, he's, he, he couldn't have finished the year stronger. Um, so yeah, he's we're really happy for him. Everyone loves a, a key forward. You got Tom Scully on your yeah. books as well. Who's what? Two, two Oh four. Is he? Yeah. Not a bad size for a key forward. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's someone who is 204 who can catch it. We see what the King boys are able to do. Mm. Um, if he's in that mould, I'd, I'd absolutely love that for, for Scales. He had a, an outstanding start to the year, um, kicked, you know, four or five bags of six and seven. Um, you know, but then, you know, uh, played for Australia, uh, had a, uh, an opportunity, missed out on a couple of opportunities with uh, with SA, which was, mm. which was frustrating for him and probably um, hurt his confidence a little bit. But... Um, fought back late in the year to be able to play some resis footy as well as some strong um, under-18s footy um, for Westies. And, um, you know, he, he's a kid who's um, he's really raw because he came into the system quite late uh, mm. and hasn't, you know, had the development of a kid who's come right through the system from, it, you know, the under-12. under 12. So plenty of, um, you know, upside for Tom, I think. But put some meat on those bones and, and whatever <laughs> else. You've, you've got the, the structure there for a really good key forward who can catch it but can move and can he's pretty clean below his knees as well. So... Yeah, if you need a key forward at 204, I'll tell you what, you'd be knocking. Another goal kicker has been Jaden Magor mm. through the midfield and forward as well. Kicked a few bags when he's been inside 50. He's got some talent. Oh, I'm massive on Jaden. I, I really am. You know, his talent is is right up there, I think, with the best in the draft, to be honest. Um, you know, he, he, he unfortunately missed some state games. He got injured in the first state game and he was going really well. Um, rolled his ankle quite bad and then came in late. South Adelaide kicked a few bags. Like he's... He's one of the most driven kids, you know, I've dealt with um, over the years and he's, he's hell-bent on getting there and, and matched with his talent. I can just see, you know, he's not written about in your infamous top 30, Cal. You haven't stuck him in there, but, um, you know, close, I, I just close. see if he's just 31. outside that, you know, you, I think you're a good chance of getting a bargain pick with him. He's he's, a he's put talent. the work in though too. So he's dropped um, seven or eight kilos, uh, you know, just trying to get himself super fit after being an ankle injury and whatever else. So he's, yeah. He's, uh, he's ready to, to roll, which is good. So um, you're not going to miss out with someone who's going to have talent but going to work as well. I want to ask you about your, your journeys into player management. I might start with you, Brett. I yep. mean, when did it emerge on your radar that this was a, a potential career, post-career option for you? 
Well, I started uh, in development at Hawthorne um, straight after I retired, essentially. And then COVID hits and got the lemonade and sass straight out the door, um, hit me on the way out. Um, and I, I remember speaking to, uh, weighing up with my wife about what I should do, but I spoke to Tom's uh, dad, who was my manager from when I was 16, and um, said, mate, I'd, I really like the space, you know, and, and being able to work with young players and help develop them, but also learn the craft of, you know, the negotiation side of things and, and just being involved in the game. So, um, you know, to Mac's credit and, and to Tommy's as well, they've welcomed me with open arms and allowed me to come in and, and really learn the role and, um, you know, f- find my feet in terms of it. And I've absolutely loved it, to be honest, boys. Like, it's a, it's a really rewarding um, job in terms of the work you get to do with the young players, but it's also a bit dog-eat-dog dog too. There's a, <laughs> there's a fair few, um, you know, good managers out there that you're competing against. So, you know, we add our little um, niche um, side of things to it, but then there's also, um, you know, just the, your nuts and bolts that you do every single day for your players. How much are you able to to draw on your own experiences as a footballer when you're, you're mentoring kids through the system and you're a pick one? Yep. One day you got traded. One day, I mean, how much are you able to call on those experiences when you are mentoring these kids? Oh, daily, mate. That's that's what I do draw on, essentially, is when you're talking to these guys, it's like, well, yeah, I started in the under-15s mm-hmm. and went through your pathway program. I understand what it's like, juggle school and... Uh, girlfriends, parties, friends, all the different teams you're playing with. But then also the other side of things, you know, like it or lump it, got the trade side of things as well, yeah. where you know what, know what it's like to go up to um, an interstate club or even just to change clubs. Um, so it's, yeah, made a lot of things there that you can add to, to be able to help guide and, and, and understand, help these kids know that uh, it's not as bad as what you might uh, seem, seem it is. I was just going to ask you that. I got a question on Twitter from Shane around, can we ask Brett if, any potential draftees have asked about his experiences playing interstate and, and, and making the move. You, you had to make the yep. move when you first were picked, pick one all those years ago from the country to, to Melbourne and, and how you, you expressed that sort of challenge to young kids coming through as well. Cause you know, not everyone's lucky enough to stay at home yep. and we've seen that more and more creep into the system as well. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing um, you try and help kids understand is that there's a huge support network there for you at, at the clubs. Not only that, but then you've got your managers that are there and willing to travel and, and do a heap for you as well. So um, you, you really just got to buy into the culture and not have that in the back of your head. The moment you go into state, to be like, oh, like I'll just come home, you know, because yeah. you're not giving yourself the best opportunity to perform, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and and most of our boys will sit down at this, before the draft and be like, well, what's your appetite to, to moving and being, nah, absolutely. And it's, mate, that's great. Great attitude because... You know, there's, you know, especially for our SA boys, you know, there's 10 clubs here in Victoria. There's only the two to stay there, you know, and there's a lot of other clubs all around Australia. So it's, you, you just got to get your head around it, don't you? But um, yeah, mate, I think it's changed a hell of a lot from when I first did it. And I was only coming from Kyabra, mate, two and a half hours away. So um, yeah, it's, it. Uh, the, the clubs do a damn good job these days of looking after their players. And Tom, what about you? I mean, your old man obviously founded the business, Max Sports Promotions, Anthony McConville. How did you get into this sort of space? Yeah, I think mine's a unique story too, just in the sense that since I've been in nappies, I've been around it, you know, <laughs> like seeing players from a young age and um, always knew this was the space I was going into. I was one of those kids at high school, you know, you don't know what you're going to do type thing, all those mm. different kids. I knew exactly what I was doing from, you know, a baby, you know, follow, following the old man's footsteps. And um, it's funny, Lids, when Macca signed Lids, um, he took the whole family up to Kyabram and it was a, like a family holiday. You know, we stayed up there in Kyabram and it's a good part of the world, boys. Yeah, and I loved it. There was a big indoor swimming pool there that I stayed in. But yeah, no, we, it's it's unique in that sense that you know you say you've had you know however many years experience actually doing it, but it's really like twenty odd years because it's it's been a family business, always has been, yeah. and um, 
yeah, just love it, mate. It's, it's really good. I'm sure you've got a busy six days ahead of you. You've got a few things to work through. Good luck with it all. And uh, hopefully Ollie gets to his preferred destination at Geelong. Thanks for having us, boys. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks Great to have you guys in. That was Tom McConville and Brett Delidio from Max Sports Promotions. Cal, it's going to be a big... Big game. afternoon. Big afternoon, of course. Clubs wanted to get things done before the combine starts tomorrow. And yeah, there could be some movement on Isaac Rankin as well, which yep. I think we've all expected to happen in the first week of the trade period. That's a chance to go through later on Thursday. Gold Coast got one of the deals done earlier today, as you reported, Riley. So a little bit more to play out and about 20-odd players left to get to their anticipated homes. We'll see how many get there. This has been the Trade Exchange for Rain, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a rain. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow, 12pm on Trade Radio. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.